Tampa Bay's Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. What the hell is this? Agent Denham, that is a 1963 Ferrari 250 GT Lusso, owned and raced by the coolest cat who ever lived, Steve McQueen. This was his baby, and now it's my baby. You got Steve McQueen's car parked in your living room? And here I thought you were an ass. I paid a million for it 10 years ago. I wouldn't sell it for 10 times that. We're 65 stories up. How do we get out of here? You don't. This car was taken apart piece by piece and reassembled inside this room. Well, this car will eventually be sold at auction with the rest of your belongings. Only if I'm guilty, Agent Denham, which I'm not. Hello, this is the annoying Jay Leno, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And now... Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! <laughs> no doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Okay, everybody, welcome to Nostalgia Radio Cars. I'm your host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Can Talk 1340.com. And no, you can't see me live in the studio because I'm live in Carmel, California, here for Monterey Car Week. And I got to tell you guys, the weather is beautiful, it's dry, 66 degrees, the sun is shining. There's probably 200 cars spread out here on uh, Ocean Avenue in downtown Carmel. And uh, anything from Shelby's to Hot Rods, the Street Rods, the Porsches, the Ferraris, the Maseratis, Volvos, Citrons, Lamborghini Miras, uh, just, you know, you name it. Oh, yeah, Porsches. You know, forgot about that if I mentioned Porsches. Um, Cobras, it's all here. Mercedes-Benzes. There's a Cougar GTE here. Uh, stunning, stunning. 68 Cougar GTE factory 427 car of one of, I think there's 247 they made, somewhere between 247 and 260 cars. Absolutely incredible looking car. There is a yellow, no, I take it back, a red 67 Shelby serial number 1962. I used to own 
serial number 1964. What are the odds? You know, the car is two cars, two numbers away from my old car, which was a 67 GT350 automatic air car. And this car happens to be a GT350 automatic air car. There's a 66 Hertz Shelby that's in blue. There's a 66 Hertz Shelby in black and gold, both four-speed cars and a 65 Shelby. There's a street rod here that was a custom car that was featured at SEMA. Uh, in the background, if you listen to me, that's uh, Donald Osborne from uh, uh, Assess and Caress on Jay Leno's show. He's the uh, MC, and they're doing the awards presentation right now. Pretty impressive. There's uh, Dave Kendig here. He's got a modified Mercedes 300 SL gall wing that he modified. Motorcycles are here. Just uh, the cool thing about this event is it is open to the public. And some of the cars that are here are just absolutely stunning. And the setting, the setting here is priceless. But I got a couple interviews for you guys today. And one of the cars is owned by a gentleman out of Australia. And uh, Sydney, Australia, that is. And right now his name's Ron Goodman. And Ron's currently assisting some young child to sit in his Porsche. And that's pretty cool. So, uh, you know, this is this is the whole idea. We want to get these younger kids involved in these cars. And one of the ways to do it, and a lot of these owners are very, very gracious enough to let these kids come sit in their cars and actually experience the cars. So this is pretty cool. So as soon as Ron gets done, first he looked a little girl in. Now he's going to put her older brother in. Probably both within the uh, five six range. Mommy and Daddy are proud, but he's got two amazing three fifty sixes here, and he vintage races. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to have somebody come in from uh, from down under and talk a little bit about uh, uh, their collector cars and vintage racing and what it's like down in uh, their neck of the woods. So, without further ado. I'm going to put everybody on speaker, and I'm going to introduce my, my new best buddy and 356 guy, Ron Goodman, to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Hi, Ron. How you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, I thought that was really cool. I was just talking about that, how you let the little kids get in and out of your car. That's pretty neat. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's how we get the, the next generation involved in the cars. In the car hobby, right? yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your cars. You're from Australia. Correct. We come from Sydney. Uh, we come over each year to race the, the Monterey Historics. We come over this year. We've done um, El Clemento. We've done the car shows down there. We uh, brought the cars up here for uh, the Monterey pre-reunion, then the reunion. And then next week we're doing the uh, Porsche Club of America Day out at Laguna Seca. Oh, interesting. So you got a number of events that you're participating in. Yeah, that's where we come out. It's a bit easier than coming over for one event. Right. It's, it's a long haul across the water. So uh, we pile up and we try and get at least four or five events in. So what's it like in Australia? Is vintage racing real popular in Australia? Not compared to here. Compared uh, to here. It's it's really in its infancy compared mm-hmm. to here. Um, we probably have the whole weekend less than you guys have in one race. So okay. uh, yeah, there's there's not as many cars, not as many people, obviously. Uh, and vintage racing in Australia is a very expensive sport as it is here. So we don't get as many people as we do here. It's better to fly all the way over here, have a good race with sort of another 30 other people, uh, rather than just run against sort of 10 or 12 in Australia. Well, I met you a few years ago, and you had the uh, 356 over there, the gray one. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But how long does it take you to 
get your car from Australia to, let's say, California here to uh, Monterey and well, to Laguna Seca. It depends if they lose it or not. Um, if anyone's interested, if they go to YouTube, you can watch The Road to Monterey. There's a documentary done on us uh, where uh, we were bringing the car over and the car actually got lost in New Zealand. Oh. Uh, so we had to take it out of the container, put it into an aeroplane to get it here in time for the event. Um, if that doesn't happen, it's usually four weeks turnaround from door to door. Um, so it's, it's not that bad when you factor in that time when you're going away. So, so what's your background? How long have you been racing? Gee, I've been racing since I was 16. Um, I was Australian champion in the dirt car racing uh, and then uh, moved into NASCAR. Uh, NASCAR faded away in Australia. Then we got into historic racing and we've loved it. It's been the... The best thing we've ever done. Motorsports racing in Australia is. Do you have a huge following motorsports? Because I know there's a lot of famous drivers that come from, you know, between Australia yeah, and New Zealand. Yeah, so, you know, and uh, so um, it's uh, it's legendary. So, um, so would you say they have as much interest in people, or people have as much interest in motorsports racing as they do any other sport in Australia? Absolutely. Um, per capita, you know, obviously it's not as big here, but per capita we're pretty good. Um, V8 supercar take up a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like the Bathurst and everything else. Obviously, the more modern car has a bigger following than the older cars. Older cars are sort of like an acquired taste. You either like it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think all in all, everybody appreciates what we build here in the cars and the power that we're getting out of them. So we've got a good following in Australia and here in America, so we're pretty happy with that. Let's walk over here and talk about the grey car, the grey coupe that you have. That's a pretty interesting piece. And uh, if I had to guess, I'm going to say it's probably a pre-A, right? Correct, yes. Yeah, it's a 1954 pre-A uh, that we built from scratch. It was a, a doctor that uh, had it in America back in the early uh, 60s. He used to do a lot of club events with it. Um, then we lost trail of it where we've tried to find out where the owners were. Uh, then it ended up in Australia as a parts car. And... Um, we bought it as a wreck and we rebuilt it up to what it was about eight years ago. And unfortunately, it's been banged up a couple of times in some crashes. But um, it's won a lot of concourses around the world. We're pretty happy with it. Tell us about some of the unique features of this car. Let's just start with the interior because that's very, very interesting. And itself, I mean, you've got a complete roll cage in there. It's yep. basically you've got a racing seat, racing harnesses. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you've got a halon system in there and all that stuff, right? Yeah, we've got a, a handheld fire extinguisher. That's okay. all we need in uh, vintage racing. So we try to keep the weight down as much as we possibly can. Uh, if you look at the radio, a pre-A has a long, large radio in the middle. We've actually made a printed copy of it so it looks real uh, just to keep the weight down. Even the back of our gauges has been cut to cut the weight down. Uh, we, we go to the nth degree to take as much weight out of the car. There's only been a small engine. You want the car to be able to perform, go faster. So obviously, the less weight of something, the faster you can go. What's the displacement? Ordinarily, a 356 is going to have a 1600. I think back in those days, a pre-A would have been between 13 and 1500 cc's, right? Uh, this can have a 1600. Okay. And it comes, this engine is a 1620. Okay. We build the engines completely and utterly legal to the rules here and in Australia through FII. Because uh, we hold a few lap records in Australia and different different tracks, we don't want to be looked upon as cheating for anything if we get caught out with one thing. So we... we we might run the gauntlet as far as the rule line is concerned, but we never ever cross that gauntlet. Okay. 
Tell us about some of the suspension because the wheels have a little bit of an offset and uh, pretty interesting looking uh, stance that this car has. We've, we've built it very, very low with the torsion bars. Um, the spaces that we put in the wheels is to get them as wide as we possibly can. Because of the five inch rims and the big guards on these cars, if you were to just leave it the way it was, the car doesn't look full. So we widen the stance as much as possible, which helps us get it around the corner quicker. Has the body been altered a little bit to accommodate, uh, let's say, a wider track, or is the body pretty much stock configuration? Pretty much stock, but we, we do pull the bottoms of the guards out to allow us, because you can see on a pre a how low the guards are, mm-hmm. you'd never get the wheels off. So we pull the guards out a little bit to allow us to get it off without bending anything. Okay. What other unique features? Because I noticed you've got some special shrouding around the carburetors there, so that kind of like funnels the air directly into the... Um, the, the uh, what do they call those things? Um, the vents or the, the vents. Yeah. Yeah, or the, vents. Yeah. the louvers that we have in the back boot lid actually allow the air to be sucked in. Mm-hmm. And by making those cold boxes around the uh, venturis, it pushes the air into it, mm-hmm. which gives us more horsepower. So. Okay. Velocity sucks. That's the word I was trying to earlier. Okay. And then your deck lid is louvered. Is that aluminum or is that metal? No, that's that's alley. That's a, al- aluminum. Okay. Uh, but with a steel frame, that's the rules. Okay. Um, yeah, and we hand make those ourselves. How about the, the doors? Are they aluminum as well no, in the hood? Steel. Uh, steel? Yeah, the hood? Steel. Okay. Yeah. And then around the front here, um, what are some of the other unique features that you did to the front? you got a fuel cell in it. that We have to have that for safety reason. What's yep. the big silver thing there? Is that for uh, oil cooler? No, that's actually what you call an Oberg. We run the oil that comes out of the engine through that before it goes through the coolers. Mm-hmm. So if we've got a noise coming into the engine or we're not sure if it's down on power, we can undo those four bolts and there's a screen behind there. And if the bearing just happens to be breaking down, it will show up there before we actually blow an engine. Oh, okay. So it's really, it's, it comes from the NASCAR days. It's, it's a NASCAR innovation. Uh, because we're revving this engine so high, we're taking it between 75 and 8,200 RPM. So when something starts to go, uh, it's going to go quick. So we like to try and keep it on. Every time we come in after a race or we come in after a uh, practice, we pull that up and check. Okay. Now the the windshield is glass and all the rest of the glass, is that plexiglass? Correct, yes. The white screens are the white. And you've got yellow lenses. I'm a big fan of yellow lenses. Tell people why people run yellow lenses these days. Yellow lenses because it gives you a lot more brightness during the day. Right. Uh, I like to race with my headlights on because it catches the attention of the person in front of you. Okay. Uh, when they white headlights don't seem to catch it, Australia, Peter Brock, 
Yeah, and he died, and that was his number as well. Okay. I knew Peter Brock, but just out of respect, possibly you can't really run his number anymore, so two and three, that's five, so that's what we're
Some money after 911 and 411. Call 541. That's 727 541 1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727 541 1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle and visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Tuning to Nostalgia Video Cars. Yes, we're live here in Monterey. So uh, there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of cool cars. I don't know if the name Mole rings a bell, but uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Mole. I think he's out of uh, Oakland, California, and he built some pretty wild cars. And one of his cars is here, which I've never had a chance to take a look at. I've seen him in magazines. And uh, I was looking around. thought maybe I'd catch the guy. Wayne Carini was walking around. I saw Wayne. I saw uh, Bill Warner from Amelia Island, a good friend. And uh, so there's a whole litany of people. Uh, a lot of our uh, Bear McGuire's walking around. We saw, let's see, uh, oh, I don't know, the names are countless. But anyway, what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce you to a gentleman I met here uh, a number of years ago. His name's Bill Patterson. Bill Patterson is a very well-known and respected artist. His big claim to fame is the fact that he does a lot of the posters and the paintings for a number of the events, uh, vintage race car events and concour events around the country. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce uh, Bill to you in a minute or two, but he's on the phone right at the moment. And he's got an interesting painting going on right now, and uh, since we just had uh, um, Ron Goodman on, we're talking about 356s, I couldn't help but uh, notice that the painting that Bill's working on is uh, 356s as well. So there's a 356 Roadster on here, or maybe it's a convertible D. There's a 356 Speedster in here, and there's another one in the background. How about I so, take a, take care of a little bit of Florida business here real quick? Oh, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and take a little Florida business? How you doing there, Bobby? I'm doing all right here uh, since uh, everybody's been having to you know, stare at me here on Facebook. Um, I might as well tell them all the FLACarshows.com is the place to go for all your uh, car shows across Florida and even out of state. Uh, Central Flo- Search by Central Florida, West Florida, East Florida, maybe even Monterey. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't found it yet. <laughs> but uh, it's all over the place. FLACarshows.com. That's the place to go uh, online. If you're also online, you know, you can just pop up an Uber Eats and uh, search Rib Shack Barbecue and get yourself the best smoking barbecue in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Newspaper's Reader's Choice Award winner 2017 and 2018. The Rib Shack Barbecue. 727-501-9090. That's all I have to say. Super. 
All right, Bob, you can keep talking in my ear. So basically, everybody sees you in the studio. They don't see me, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. To, uh, <laughs> watch us on Facebook, watch us on Twitter, watch us on Instagram. Yes, yes. And anyway, you can just see me sitting here ear. swaying in the uh, chair while uh, they listen to you. <laughs> okay, cool. So let me go flip this thing over to a speakerphone. And uh, while I'm standing here, let me introduce my friend here, Bill Peterson, uh, Patterson. Yes, right, yeah, right. That's right. That's right. Patterson. So, Absolutely. Bill, I was just telling people earlier, you're a big time famous, you're an amazing artist, and you do a lot of posters yeah. and paintings right. for major events, like yeah. you go to Seca, yeah. Road Atlanta, or Road America, yeah. Road Atlanta, too. Well, so and, tell us a little bit about Well, I, uh, I've wanted to be a... I wanted to be an artist ever since I was a little kid, and uh, I started going to art classes when I was three, but uh, I never thought about making a career out of it until I, as an architect, was out of, out of, uh, out of town, actually, at a car race, the Mexican Grand Prix in the mid-'80s, trying to figure out what I could paint. I just wanted to paint. I didn't want an architect. I wanted to paint, and uh, I saw a guy selling prints out of his backpack, and it just hit me like a, a thunderbolt, like, oh, my God. So I decided to take the plunge and uh, quit my real job and started painting. And uh, finally, made a long, long, long story short. You know that old expression about uh, took me 40 years to become an overnight sensation, sort of thing. You know, uh, but uh, it's really great. I've got awesome clients. I've developed uh, a technique where I can do large paintings in, on stage in front of an audience, and we auction it off for some great charities. I work with some great racing teams, some great charities. Uh, all over the United States. I'm pretty heavily involved in a lot of the IndyCar teams and programs, so I am so stoked about IndyCar coming back to Laguna Seca. I'm just really stoked. But I love IMSA, too. I love pretty much all forms of motor racing. Uh, I even do uh, a couple of events every year where I do a live painting in the victory lane of the winner as he's crossing line in Phoenix for both the spring and fall race. So I get to do some a great variety of stuff and for some great people, for some great clients, and often for some really, really great uh, charities. Super. Now tell us about the painting you got here right now. I just I, I just did a little interview over here with Ryan Dishman. He's from Australia, racing there. He has 356s. And by coincidence, your painting is a treatment. It's yeah. a group of treatments. Yeah. Right. Tell us where the concept came from. Well, I just wanted, I was just looking for a oh, yeah, you got too many 356s. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, so uh, I was just looking for something to uh, to to inspire to paint. And who is the Porsche? And there were several Porsches lined up at the top of the street. And so I just went out. I actually did take a picture on my phone, but uh, I just had to capture that in my head and walk down and start painting it. So the uh, the inspiration is just something that you just like arbitrarily said. I think 356 is the way to go this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, are you gonna, is this for any special occasions? It's gonna be cherries. It's gonna be auctioned off. No, this is, this is available for sale. I mean, it was I, I didn't. Did you see the piece I did earlier, the Ferrari? Oh, no, I didn't. And it was hanging on the wrong, it was hanging on the other side. So earlier today, I did a painting of a Ferrari that's just four or five uh, uh, cars down the way here, and uh, I just picked it because I loved it. Turns out the owner. Loved the painting, and he bought it. So everybody's a winner. So I'm on to my second painting of the day here with this one. Okay, what kind of Ferrari was the other one? Uh, you know what? I'd I'd say, and I'd be wrong. But uh, it, what color was it? Red. Uh, gee, let me think. Yeah, red. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Red, red four wheels, but it had these really interesting. Uh, uh, it looked it looked like a late '60s 
And I have these really interesting chrome uh, double headlights that I that you never see, but also the uh, the really traditional egg crate grill uh, just above the bumper line. Was it like a wine red by any chance? No, this is pretty bright red. Yeah, yeah. There's a wine red one right next to that one. Okay. But uh, the one I paint something else. I don't know. I just loved it. Beautiful car. Now, when you do your paintings and stuff like that, can I ask what they typically sell for? Or you see one? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, you know, if I if I do a live, well, if I do something really quick and dirty for somebody, fifteen hundred bucks. Okay. Um, if I spend some time in the studio, it can be up to ten thousand. But then when I do charity events, like the event I did a couple of weeks ago in in uh, Columbus, Ohio, for a pre pre race event, uh, charity fundraiser. Uh, we on, they honored uh, Elio Castro Neves, and I did a painting live on stage, five foot by three and a half foot, in like an hour and a quarter, I think, um, and it went for nineteen thousand five hundred dollars, and Honda matched matched it. So we we uh, an hour and a quarter raised uh, almost forty thousand dollars. Do you have any say so as who the charities are, or does they just arbitrarily pick something that they the charity that they want to donate to? Well, typically most events the charity has been determined. The okay. charity's actually called me and said, "Hey, we'd like to have you come and, and help us raise some money." So, yeah, and I, and I, I like to think I like to tell prospective clients too. I I am I'm amazed how much how many people can't believe I can just stand up and paint. Um, and and maybe which is not unique to me by any means, but it, it is amazing how popular it is to paint something in front of people and turn a white canvas into something that they all recognize, much less something that has that could have perceived value and that could be really great for a charity. So I like to entertain, and we we get to make some money off the uh, off the painting at the end of the night. Now, how many more paintings are you going to do while you're here? Are you doing any charity um, paintings for anybody? Uh, no, no charity events this weekend. Um, I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be coming back in for the IndyCar race. I'm doing at least one charity event on Friday night at the Andretti. Uh, for the last several years, I've been doing well. I've probably ten years in a row now. I've been doing a painting at the Andretti Winery in Napa. Oh, and we've re- we've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars in the last uh, ten years. There's eight, eight or ten years. And uh, well, this year obviously we're not there, but they found a winery to to do a similar event in uh, in Carmel Valley. So we will. I'll be painting there. We'll hopefully have another successful event. But that's. No, we'll, we'll typically on a typical night at, at a Andretti event, we raise about let's say fifteen to twenty thousand for the for the first painting, and often two or three others will stand up and say we'll match that bid for another one for that I will do later in the studio. So that's they've been Andretti's been my oldest and best client, and they uh, they 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 uh, push the money out to some really other another whole batch of terrific charities that uh, I'm really proud to represent. Now, you've been here for years and years and years, yeah. as I recall, yeah. and you're very often here at this particular event, yeah. Concourse on the Ave. So yeah. give us your thoughts on Concourse on the Ave. Well, uh, you know, I don't – I wonder what it would be like to come back and actually just walk the show all day long and enjoy it instead of working it. But uh, it's stunning. The setting is amazing. It's a free show, which still just – I can't believe people can walk in there and, and get to see these cars and spend a day here in this beautiful place. They block the streets off. For about five or six blocks, and block in either direction of from Maine and uh, or ocean. And um, every year, it's a whole other combination of cars. It's it's always fun. I, I I this is one of my favorite events all year by far. 
Now, while you're here during the entire Monterey Car Week, what other events do you participate at? And I know you're at the Quayla from time to time. From time to time, and not then this I, year, yeah. And then I know you're at uh, the racetrack. Right. Going to say, yeah. So what other events are you going to be at this year and doing some paintings? Well, I will be at the track. Uh, I do uh, a special – I'm doing a painting for an award – uh, for one of the car groups that races at, at uh, Laguna Seca this coming weekend, but they don't decide, they don't pick the, the winner of the award until Saturday evening, and then by Sunday evening they want a framed painting to present to the winner of of the uh, of the award. Uh, so I I'll be there frantically painting uh, Saturday evening and this part of Sunday to have the painting ready in time. Now, the time that it takes, because you mentioned that you've done it on stage, and it takes like an hour and a half, yeah, hour and yeah. 15 minutes. So if you're doing something like that, I mean, like, if you really have the hustle, is an hour a realistic expectation, or would you rather have a little bit more time? No, an hour is good. I mean, I've done, I, I did an event several years ago at the NASCAR race in Phoenix, and they, the, this DJ got everybody whipped up and said, right, I'm going to play a song, one tune. And Bill's going to do a painting. By, by the time this thing signs off, by the time the end, we get to the end of this song, he will be done. And I pulled it off. It was, it was pretty cool. It was it was rough, but it was wild and lots of color and it's fun. So I can do stuff. I mean, I can I can crank out something that I consider to be pretty cool looking in 15, 20 minutes. But I think people love to watch the details go on and watch watch the layering as, as mm-hmm. the process continues. I don't paint left to right. I paint continuously all parts of the canvas and uh uh so i i can as long as i know when i'm supposed to be done i can be done okay yeah just tell me how, how much time i've gotten I'll, I'll hit the numbers now let me ask you this you're an architect yeah. so you're used to drawing drawing houses yeah. buildings yeah. and of that nature so and obviously an architecture and i wanted to be an architect oh no partner. really so but they said that my rendering work was not good no, enough so renderings obviously is very important because yeah. you're drawing you're actually drawing a uh, it's like artwork, yeah, okay? Yeah. It's kind of like what the, the final product's supposed right. to look like. So would you say that your background in architecture, rendering, drawing, has helped you? And then the fact that you're a car guy yeah. is really kind of what inspired you to, to go in this direction? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of the things that I, I didn't actually realize how important it was for me uh, as an artist doing painting of cars is in architecture school, the first two or three years, they pound into your head this ability to Think and, and and understand three dimensions, and it took me a while of being out in the fields and seeing the works of other artists to realize, wow, not too many people actually have been forced to understand three dimensional space like a, like this. So I can take a picture of that car, take a picture from another corner, just to make sure I got all the parts right, and then I can take it back to the studio and paint it from whatever angle you want me to paint it from. And I didn't know how valuable that was until fairly late in my career. And so I, I, I learned I learned a ton about composition, uh, a good bit about color and light and shade. Um, but mostly I learned how to think three-dimensionally. And that's been huge for me. Now, when they – often in art, they they use the term a style of artwork. Yeah. Does yours have a style or is it just – is it Bill's style? Yeah, I think it's pretty much Bill's style. I mean, I, I like to do really rough palette knife work. I love to do real loose, sketchy stuff. I like the much more tighter finished pieces. Uh, I, I like to mix it up. I don't want to get I – don't, I don't want to spend too much time – working one technique over and over again. What you would call each of those styles, I don't know. I, I mean, 
I guess you could say expressionistic, maybe impressionistic, but it's those are those are those are, those, are, those I find. Somebody else needs to assign me. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that for myself. You know, I'm not. It, it's, it's. I have a hard time giving it a name. So everything you do primarily is art, is uh, and art related is when you're doing your artwork. That's oil painting because I noticed you got colors and paint and yeah. stuff on your fingers. Yeah, oh, you, get a little, you get a little yellow, a little red, a little yeah. blue, a little green, yeah. a little pink. Yeah, uh, it's actually acrylic, which dries really okay. fast, which is why I use it, because I, uh, if, it, if I wasn't doing live work, I'd probably do a lot more in oils, but uh, with acrylics, uh, I, can, I can finish a painting on stage at an event, and with 20 minutes, I can roll it up, stick it in a tube, and ship it anywhere in the world. And you just can't do that with any other medium. Okay, and then the the, the backing is is actual um, canvas, correct? Oh yeah, it's absolutely yeah canvas. And typically, I take um, I could I when I'm when I travel, I take a ski case with all the rolled up canvas, the easel, and the stretcher bars, and then a separate bag for the paints and the brushes and the tarp and the, all the other crap, the brush and the, and all the stuff that I need to do the painting. So I can. With two bags, I can check through anywhere in the world, and within 45 minutes, start a painting. Well, uh, that, that, all the, 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 the technical stuff has been a real challenge to figure out, and I've enjoyed doing it. Well, Bill, I want to thank you for hanging out with us here at uh, Nostalgic Region Cars, and then obviously here in Monterey. I know, I know Oscar. That's a cool piece. He's been up there three times. He's got 33 awards today already. But anyway, so if people want to find out more about you, how do they go about doing it? BillPatterson.com. Come check me out anytime. Call me. Uh, the, my, all my contact information is on my website. Uh, check out uh, my past images as well as the prints that I've got for sale uh, and a few originals as well. Super. Well, Bill, I wish you the best of luck, Robert. I appreciate it. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. Hey, uh, Tommy, how are we doing on time? Want to hear a song? Okay, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do in the meantime. Since the award presentation is still going on, and I'm walking down the main drag here, some of the cars have left. Uh, a lot of the cars are still here, but uh, I'll just give you like a little description of some of the cars. For example, they have they break it up in categories. And uh, right here, this is a car you don't see very often. It's the 19, I'm going to guess, 74, 75 Ferrari um, 308 GT4. Not a real popular car. Um, it's a basic V8. It's kind of like the forerunner to the 308, but it's kind of a popular car now because they're like any Ferrari. They're uh, they're highly sought after. Another car that's sitting here that I think is really cool is an orange color Ferrari, which you don't see because typically they are in red. And this particular Ferrari is a 365 GTC, and uh, that's actually one of my favorite cars. They in 1970 they had a 365 GTB4. Which, if Alan's listening, he probably could educate me a little bit more on these cars. But at any rate, um, this particular car is uh, the, the predecessor to that, or the, the successor to the 365 GTB 4, and it's called the 365 GT C, C being Coupe. And uh, so it's a real interesting car. Uh, there's a 330 GT four headlight car, so I think that's Series 1. It's obviously red. And there's a car that I really think is cool, and I actually talked to the owner a little bit earlier, and uh, it's a 1964 or 63 Ferrari Lusso. Now, if you paid attention to the clip that we played earlier when they were talking about the car that was owned by Steve McQueen and Steve McCool, it was a 1963 Ferrari 250 
GT Luso. Ah, see how and we plan the show? Yeah, that's amazing. A great work there. Well, this particular car is kind of a, I'm going to say Russell Rubino, but the gentleman that owns it, it's owned it for like uh, 30 some odd years, or maybe longer than that. He bought it in the 80s. The interesting story is this car was actually owned by Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys. And uh, he bought the car, and he bought it new, I believe, back in the day, and he gave it to his wife to drive. And then uh, over time, it just had a succession of owners. And uh, um, the car is just really, really just a neat piece. And it's kind of like by most Ferrari connoisseurs, the 250 GT Lusso is like a piece of art. It's probably one of the most collectible cars. It's not necessarily one of the most valuable ones, but it's an extremely, extremely interesting car. And uh, it's got a nice set of Barani wire wheels on it, which is the wire wheel of choice, which I think the wire wheel Barani wire wheels is probably the most beautiful wire wheel on the planet. Across from me is a, uh, on the opposite side of the street, they had a gathering of vintage race cars, and there's a uh, Bizzarini, I think, there, which actually I think that car belonged to... Um, one of our friends, Craig Brody, out of uh, Fort Lauderdale, guitar brokers, because he's in the vintage electric guitars. I think that was his car. Then there's a uh, 550 Porsche, like a late 50s. So we think James Dean, but not quite the same car, but a very similar car. There's one of those sitting over there. Down the road a ways is a car that I'm probably most enamored with and i think it's probably one of the highlights here it's a 1968 or 69 lamborghini mura and it is the they made three versions of the car they made the 400 the second series was the p400 and then the final iteration which was the absolutely stunning big fender big flared big wheel and tired mura sv so that is an absolutely incredible car along with that because, like I said, they had the cars broken down. So I'm right now, I'm in the, the other part of the Italian section. So there's a Fiat Dino here, a Spider. Actually a pretty cool car. There's an Alfa Romeo Giulia there. There's an Alfa Romeo Speciale here. You don't see those very often. So the thing about this show is it's very, very unique from the standpoint that very, very unique cars show up here. Now, granted, we are in California, and I probably sometimes focus on the fact that there's a lot of, you know, just like some people say, the best is in the West. They got some pretty cool cars. Pretty cool cars here, but we've had some, we've got some pretty cool cars on the Eastern Seaboard as well. I mean, if you go to some of the events that we have here, Amelia Island Concourse, if you go to the Boca Concourse, if you go to the Atlantic Concourse, pretty amazing cars in uh, on the East Coast. If you go to New England, there's some amazing cars there. Um, on the opposite side of the road, there is a row of Corvette mid years. So we have some '64s. 65. Uh, we have a pair of 66 split windows. We have a 59 sitting down there. Some pretty cool cars. Um, down at the end of the street, after the event, after the awards presentation, the hotel down there has uh, kind of like a little gathering afterwards. And they've always got some unique cars down there. And while I was walking down there earlier, uh, you heard me mention uh, Dave Kindig. And I'm kind of walking in that direction right now. And I'm walking past the row of Porsches, because that seems to be the dominant car here. But there's a Sunbeam Tiger right here. Kind of an interesting piece. There's a uh, really highly modified 356, which we saw earlier. Kind of almost looks like uh, Mr. Goodman's, uh, Ron Goodman's race car. There's a Healy sitting here. It's a 104. 
got louvered hoods. So I'm guessing it's what they call a 100M, which basically was the Le Mans series, the race car. There's a stock mid 80s 9/11, a stock mid 80s turbo, and as I walk down the street here, here's a beautiful 59 or 60 uh, Ferrari 250PF. Right beside that car is another car that's very, very unique, and it's from, uh, I think, uh, Australia as well, the right-hand drive Monteverdi. Now, if you don't know much about Monteverdi's, they were a uh, very special car built in Switzerland, kind of a similar story like Lamborghini. You know, the gentleman used to buy high-end exotics, and then what happened was he said, you know, I'm having some issues with my car. I think I'll just build one. So basically, a Monteverdi is kind of like a scratch-built car, looks like a uh, GT, uh-oh, uh, I think Donald's singing right now. Um, but at any rate, um, so the Monteverdi basically is an Italian-bodied car, and it's powered by, uh, the early cars I think had Chrysler's, and the later ones had Ford motors in them. This particular car, because it comes from down under, is a uh, right-hand drive car. Very stunning car. I think it's around 70, 71. Very interesting car. There's a couple Lotuses here, race cars. There's a Ferrari F40. There's plenty of Alfa Romeo GTs. And then there's some really cool custom cars down here. Uh, there's a really neat Ford Galaxy 64 convertible with uh, a factory 427 and a four-speed in it. Very unique car. So what they did when they do at the end of the day is they line up the class winners so that everybody, when they come down to the hotel here, they can uh, kind of gather around, talk, fraternize. In fact, one guy uh, mentioned today that uh, we're talking about this particular event. He says, you know, the Carmel event and this whole gathering of car guys is kind of like a big, giant brotherhood. And it's real interesting because you stop thinking about it, the camaraderie. It's not like there's really any competition because we're all in the hobby together. We're car guys. And uh, so it's pretty, pretty, pretty unique from that standpoint, you know, and everybody just is kind of like collectively uh, working to uh, maintain the hobby. Bobby, how are we doing on time? You're doing good. 4.52 your time, 7.52 our time here in Tampa Bay, 86 degrees, partly cloudy. Right. How about, how about what's it like out there? I want to introduce somebody, one of my really, really good friends who happens to be. We're actually live, Bill. Are you live? Yeah. Oh, so my Lord. So I have. Glad you told me that. We have <laughs> Bill Warner with us, the founder and president of Amelia Island. I want to get a few words from Bill and tell us your thoughts on the Carmel Concourse on the Ave. Well, it's a lot of fun. I mean, the cars are terrific. And the car that won the Oscar, I judged that class, and it was, it was so far and above everything else. When we got into the discussion of best in show, I said, the car just grabs you and slams you on the floor. It's so good. And I was glad to see that they, they agreed. It's a terrific car. Great show. Good crowd. Beautiful weather. Couldn't be any better. Couldn't be any better. Nope. Now, did you bring any cars out here to race this year? Yeah, the TR8. The Group 44 TR8. I'll be in the IMSA class at the back of the pack. Find all the 935s, yeah. I'll have a good seat for the race. Okay, yeah. So uh, I hear, I was reading up, I get your emails on yeah. the island, yeah. and I understand that Roger Penske you is going to be the uh, right. marshal. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. It is. We're going to have, uh, right now, we're at 35 cars of Roger Penske's. That's amazing. It's going to be a really good display. 
So give us some thoughts. Like when you come here to 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 car to Monterey Car yeah. Week, what are some of the things that you do? Where do you go? Um, what does Bill Warner do? The, the president and founder of Amelia Island. How do you top that? So when you come, well, out, I, I I judge in, in this show, which is fun. Uh, go racing on Saturday. I kind of kick back on Sunday. You know, go over and see what's on the field. You know, it's it's uh, overload. It's, okay. it's automotive overload. Any particular car here that strikes you? Not particularly here, but let's just say overall. So well, a- we had that Alfa Romeo Superflow at Amelia uh, back in 2005, and it's going up for auction. And it's a car that would be very, very, very difficult to say what it's going to bring. But it should probably bring in somewhere in the 7 to $9 million range. And uh, really striking car, very unusual. I'll be interested to see if someone steps up for that. How about the Porsche 64? What's your thoughts on that? You know, it would have to be a historian who wants it because, you know, it drives like a Volkswagen. <laughs> looks yeah. like a bar of soap. Yep. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't do much for me personally, but for someone who's into Porsches, it's probably the iconic car to have. Don't you think the Porsche Museum should buy that car? Well, I, I'm sure they're looking at it. Okay. Yeah. They got one similar anyway. All right. But, um, uh, you know, auctions are hard to guess right now. There are times when I think, gee, that car should bring big bucks and it doesn't, and then something comes along that's just kind of off the wall, looks like a used car, and someone steps up and big bucks. So you can't guess. That's what's interesting about auctions. Yep. Bill, go ahead and tell everybody how they can find out more about Amelia Island while you're here. Oh, thanks, thanks, Robert. Um, Just go to www.ameliaconcord.org. And it's going to be a spectacular event. Yeah, I hope so. I'll work hard on it. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Robert. Have a good, good week. Good to see you. Bye-bye. All right, Bobby. How are we doing on time? Very yeah, good. we're good. 7.55 here in Tampa Bay, 4.55 over there. So what's your weather like out there? Well, i got to tell you, I, like I mentioned on the show earlier, we have 66 degrees. Oh. Well, let's put it this way. Definitely way under 70, completely dry. Some of the best scenery in the world, some of the most amazing cars in the world. Uh, All I right, I'm not even uh, going to give the weather report here. <laughs> you're not even going to give the weather report. But anyway, but the weather is absolutely perfect. And it's expected to be like this all week long. And think about this, guys. This is the summer. This is August. So what do you think it's like in Florida this time of year? Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty humid. <laughs> you know, I, I always joke about it. We, we all kind of clown around. I said, yeah, you know, if this was a car show in California, I mean, in Florida, we'd be watching our cars rust. But yep. here... It's they just gleam in the sunlight. It's just absolutely incredible. There's a Porsche 910 here. There's a Ferrari uh, 250. I told you about the PF. There is a Jaguar. Uh, I think it's what they call a C-type. Very rare car. They only made a handful of those. It's an extra race car with interesting race history, and then also the Alfa Romeo down there. So we've got some pretty interesting cars here. we got a 911 here that was driven by the legendary Bruce Jennings. And uh car raced at Daytona, raced at Sebring, raced uh, all over the country. So uh, pretty interesting stuff here. I mean, I'm just uh, totally amazed by the cars that are here and the people that are here. And uh, so if uh, I cannot overemphasize that if you if you are a serious, serious, serious car guy, you need to put Monterey Cluster Car with a Monterey Car with on your list of things to do. You need to put Amelia Island Concourse, Amelia Island Collector Car Week on your bucket list. You need to put Scottsdale Collector Car Week or Collector Week Car Collect Car Week on your on your uh, radar. You need to put SEMA on your radar. Uh, these are just amazing events, and the cars that you're going to see here you're not going to see anywhere else. 
And these are the cars that you see in magazines. Here you get to walk up, take pictures, talk to the owners, interact with them. It's just absolutely incredible. So I cannot say enough about that. Anyway, back to you, Bobby. How are we doing on time? Two minutes. Yeah, yeah, Two yeah. Minutes. So uh, that would be a good time well, to check out nostalgicradioandcars.com, see what I've been, my summer project. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I did want to see if I could find uh, our good friend Doug Friedman, who's the uh, founder and promoter of this particular event here, Carmel on the Sea, but he's not. So huh. I guess what I'm going to have to do is say, guys, I want to see you guys out there at some of those car shows. I want you to see some of the racetracks. I want to see you guys follow us. Check us out every Tuesday night for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports right here at Tantalk. Uh, what is it? AM 1340, Tantalk mm-hmm. Radio Network. Tantalk Radio Network, Tantalk1340.com uh, on the internet. Yeah, and don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on, uh, see what else we do, Bob? Do we do Instagram? Oh, yeah, Instagram. we do Facebook, we do Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Go all at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. See this interview. See this interview. Wow, we're getting right down to the final while here. Well, I can't see anybody else that I could uh, get to say hello or either. Ah, there's Alan DeCadene. And uh, so what I'm going to do real quick before we leave, Alan, just say hi to the folks in Florida. We're live. Just say hi. Hello, hello. Hello. It's Alan DeCadene. He's the uh, legendary race car driver. And has, you know, what's the name of the TV show that you used to have? Well, I did a lot of TV shows. Which one are you from? The most famous one he did. The one recently with all the collector cars. Oh, Victory by Design. Victory by Design. So, anyway, so I'm going to sit around here for a few minutes and chat with uh, some of the guys. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.